Great. I'm going to read one scripture very quickly, and then I'm going to introduce this man of God. This is uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 22. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instructions of fools is folly. Verse 23. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. And there's something about this man that I want to say. I've traveled a lot. I've met a lot of people from around the world. And the Lord has helped me to judge a man's character very quickly. And from the moment I met this man, I saw a heart that loved Jesus. And the scripture just we just read just showed us what God's view is on that. And to have someone come and stand before you and to teach us out of a heart that loves Christ, wisdom will come forth. So listen tonight. Be encouraged what the man of God speaks tonight. And let the Lord work deeply in your life. Brother, would you come? Amén. Buenas noches. Dios les bendiga. ¿Cómo están? Amén. A lot of Spanish-speaking people here. <laughs> Thank you uh, for the, this introduction. Uh, I think I mentioned that to, in the men's retreat. You know that some preachers say, you know, you know, uh, we just should preach the word and not say, try to say wise things or important things. You know, <laughs> I always have listened that, and I said. Well, my case is different because in my case, even if I say something intelligent, it's the same. It comes from God, you know. <laughs> it's like it's like I know who I am without Him, and I know how I can rely on Him, and everything we do actually comes from Him. Everything, everything good, comes from the Father. So if you can sing well, as many people here can sing. That comes from God. If you say something intelligent, smart, that comes also from the same Lord. Amen? So uh, the problem is when we try to be wise. Oh, I think that's, that's the problem. That's worse. So we just let God, let God speak to us. And uh, for me, it's a privilege to be here after some years. Uh, the church in Lima send you their greetings. Uh, they miss Pastor Lee and the ministry over there. So hopefully, God willing, he may have time next year probably to visit us. But um, I have so many friends here that I love dearly, that uh, we've been together in trips, we've been in the mountains, we've been in the jungle. And for me, it's a privilege to be able to be here. And honor, honor Pastor Lee and the work he, his wife, his family, the pastors here, the elders have done in this church. It's really amazing to see God moving here, God uh, doing new things, you know, uh, growing, the church growing. And I, I think everything, God has to use a man, that's, that's definitely, that he has to use a man. And a man like Pastor Lee, when I call him, I usually call him. He says that sometimes he calls me, but I am usually the one that calls him with my problems. <laughs> when he calls me, it's actually 
what can I pray for you, you know? <laughs> so, but uh, he, he has so much grace on people. I'm like, Pastor Lee, you know, I, I, I don't say, but I think he's, you know, he should be take his, he, he should take his uh, Chuck Norris, you know, and, and just, but he offers so much grace, but actually grace is offered to the guilty. Grace is not offered to the righteous. Grace is offered to the guilty, you know, so, but I, sometimes I feel like Peter, you know, trying to take out my sword and had some ears, but he's so gracious. I, I learned that from him a lot, you know. He's, he's so gracious with people that, uh, for me, is an example to, to follow. And uh, we've been this week with uh, the men's retreat. was awesome. That was awesome. It's a little piece of heaven, you know. I don't know how the women's retreat, but the men's retreat is... You know, uh, and and I had the privilege to share the word also with men, and and I could see they are very open, very very hungry for the word. And but today is another day. Uh, some of some, someone told me, "Are you gonna share the same thing?" You know that in the men's retreat, if God would have told me, yes, but He didn't tell He didn't tell me. So I I want to start. Uh, with a story to introduce the message tonight. But let's pray first. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. You said that where two or more are gathering your name, there you are in the midst because you are the most important person here. And we worship you. We give you all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello, some guys. They are very important, you know. They are very important. Without them, mm, we'll be in trouble. As I said, I want to use a story to introduce the message tonight. And it's, not, it's a story and it's not based on any of you, just in case. Okay, oh, the pastor is talking to me. No, 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 no. And, and you, will, you will know why. This is a story about a, a man with great influence, a very important man in the city, with great influence and great resources. He possesses a lot of land. He possesses, he possesses a lot of riches. So his, his, his way of doing transactions is not in, in, in money, you know, in, in coins. It's, it's in, in big amounts of money. Uh, he builds cities. He, he has servants. He has soldiers or security that protects him. He's very respected, and he lives in that kind of level. On the other side, that's why I said there's not basing somebody, you know, from the church. Unless you are, yeah. On the other side, we have a woman, pretty woman. You can take that if you want. But she was born into poverty. She knows what it is to lack, go to bed with hunger, uh, had, having to use old clothes, use clothes. She makes her living with the little vegetables that she has in her yard. Uh, 
and she had some chickens, hens, so she sells eggs. A few eggs she can sell a week. So her math con uh, consists of coins, you know, little change in her economy. She's limited. <clears throat> and I will not bother you with the rest of the story, but they get married. Usually you think that's the most important part, how they met. No, 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 that's not, that's not the most important part. But they get married. So now the man has a great challenge because he has to elevate her to his level, to his level of knowledge, to his level of how he does his businesses, how his world operates, to his financial level, how he operates, as I said, in his economy, and to his level of authority. We see a similar story with Esther, when the king, you know, uh, had to dismiss his wife, and he went to look for young girls, pretty, best of the best, of course, the king can do that, and Esther was chosen, but she wasn't brought immediately to him. She wasn't brought immediately to him. She was put in a one-year beauty process, beautifying process. One year. I, I know your husband gets mad at you when you take half an hour. And you are still there, you know, and finishing up everything. One year. Creams, perfumes. Well, they didn't have plastic surgery, so they had to do it in a natural way. You know, flowers. One year. How many of you would like that woman, you know? One year to become pretty. No, no, no. See, if your husband don't say, you should do that. Don't say that to your wife. You'll be in trouble. Felix, don't say that. She's coming. <laughs> you should say she's already been in that process. Yeah, you will make, gain some points. One year. I mean, taking, I don't know what kind of, you know, processes and just one year. So she's, she, she will be presented. She can be presented to the king. She cannot come. As cheese. And going back to the story, this that is what Jesus is doing in his church through the Spirit. We represent that woman, and he represents that man. And now we are joined with him, but we are in another level. And what his spirit do through his word is he has to transform us and change us. Our mind, the way we think, the way we do things, uh, how we relate, everything in us has to be changed. But it's not easy. It's not easy because, because that was our life. That's how we always thought. That's, uh, good things, bad things leave a mark sometimes in us. But Jesus has to elevate us to where he is. 
And if we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, please, verse 18, it says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Christian see Jesus, see the Lord through the Spirit. We couldn't, we couldn't do it for ourselves. It's the, it's the Spirit doing that for us. And we behold His glory. And as we behold His glory, we are being transformed, it says. Transformed into what? Into a better person? We're being transformed into a a, a moral person? We are getting better? No. No. I've I've met many moral people in, in this earth that they are not Christians. Maybe you know someone. That doesn't, that doesn't like to lie, doesn't steal, you know, that is very uh, respectful. Maybe, you know, and he's not a Christian. But he says we are being transformed into the same image. And as uh, many of us, we think that, oh, I'm being transformed in a moral way. But that's very limited if we are just being transformed in a moral way. As I said, there are many people that are moral, that are good, some, some of them even better than some Christians, sadly. But when, what it means that we are being transformed is not just the moral. And yes, the Spirit will produce good morals. But we are being transformed is, is that I have to become like Him. He has to elevate me to how he is, who he is. And and this is scary, yes, because that means that I am becoming like him. Don't get scared. I'm not uh, not those crazy people that end up saying that we are gods, little gods, and uh, gods with Jesus. No. No. We were created. We'll never, oh, we're. We'll never feel close to him at all. But we have joined him. We are joined to him. And we cannot continue living as we were. So he has to transform us into his image. The same way that in that story, that new wife has to change completely. And become like him. Why? Because he wants to share with her everything he has. He wants to share with her his authority. He wants to share with her his position. He wants to share with her his resources. He wants to share with her everything he has. He wants to share with him the same way that Jesus Everything he has gained, everything he has, he says, we are his bride. And he wants to share everything with us. That's what the word says. He has blessed us with a quarter of what he has. 
Does he say that? With half of what he has. With all. All. Every spiritual blessing, everything that we need to live for godliness, it doesn't say it will be given to the church. It said it has been given. Amen? We have the same Bible, do we? Yes. He, but he, he needs to change that woman. He needs to change her. She needs to change the way she does things. And the, the, true, the, the true in myself, I'm as a pastor also working with the, the body of Christ, is that yes, we are joined with Jesus and people know that. But sometimes it's as if we have signed a prenup with him. You know what's a prenup? Prenuptial agreement. It has some good, good things to protect. But usually, when you hear about a prenup, is that let's do a prenup because I don't want you to marry me for interest. So, if something happens, you will keep what you brought to the marriage, and I will keep. You won't take what is mine. I will keep what I brought to the to the marriage. And as I said, you know, you see, you see sometimes yourself or Christians, even though we have joined, we, have, we are joined with Jesus, we are looking all the time to where we came from, to our resources, to our way of doing things, to who I am. Which, I love the songs you choose today. Because he was talking about how faithful he is, his love for us. And, but many times, we don't see that. And, 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 and it's like we go back to our past, to who we were. To, to, to just count, count coins. To feel undeserved. To feel destitute. To fear. And yes, we know who we were. The Bible is clear. We were even enemies. But now, who we are now. So sometimes Christians come from, they are in this love relationship, and then sometimes when, I don't know how we... We start looking at ourselves. We are not transformed looking at ourselves. We will get depressed looking at ourselves. We are transformed looking at Him, beholding Him, contemplating Him, worshiping Him, glorifying His name. We are transformed into his image.
First John verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, it says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. And I see there, there are two things. He says, so we have come to know, and all Christians probably know that God loves them, but how many believe? By your fruit, you will know. It says, have come to know, but not only to know, because we know many things. It's different to believe. To know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us. So that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. And, and, and see what it says here. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. It doesn't say, so as he does, we do in this world. Because sometimes we say, oh, I have to preach, I have to do what Jesus did. You know, I have to pray. And uh, Yes, yes, we have to do all that. But that's... Secondary. It says, because as he is, so also are we in this world. So we are in his level when we abide in his love. When we abide in his love. And in verse 18, as it says, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Fear. In, the, in that story of that woman, she, she only knew fear. That's all she knew. But now... She has to abide in, 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 in his love. And if she abides in his love, she won't have fear. But if she looks away, fear immediately comes. Fear immediately comes. To, what's abide? Abide is to remain, to continue. To endure also means accept, listen, that's the dictionary just in case. Also means accept or act in accordance with a rule or a decision. To abide, accept or act in accordance with a rule or a decision. And when we abide in his love, we are like his in this world. And I share a little, a little of this with the men. 
the confusion that we have because we, 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 we think that if we say, okay, I have, to be, I have to be like him, you know, I have to become like him, I'm, I, I am being proud, you know, I am not being humble. That's probably crossing your mind, you know. How am I going to say that I am I'm in that level? That means I'm not being humble. To be humble will mean to, uh, I, I am, you know, uh, who I was. But how Jesus was the most humble. He said, learn from me. But at the same time, he was the most powerful. So both can be side by side. Humble because you know who he is. Humble because you know what you are without him. Humble because you can abide in him. Actually, it's the opposite because when you abide in him, you see him greater as you could ever see him. That will keep you humble. When you abide in him. So it doesn't mean that you, you will believe something of yourself. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the great man of God. And no, no, no. Actually, it's the opposite. When you abide in him, you see him. He's greater. He's greater. Ephesians. Chapter 2, it says, and I, and I think this is very clear in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read, uh, because it tells us who we were. Very clearly, who we were, but who we are now. Verse 1, it says, and you were dead. Present tense or past tense? Past. You were dead. In the trespasses and sins in which you once walk, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among who, whom we all, so he was including himself, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God... There was a change, but God, who is God? He's being, what? Rich. We were dead. We were nothing. We had nothing to bring to this marriage. Nothing, nothing. But God, who is rich, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Yes, I know who I was. 100%. But it's my past. It's not my present. He loved me. And he wants, he wants to share everything that he gained. I, I had nothing to do. 
Everything he did, my salvation, my, what I need from here till, till the end of days, he has provided everything. He doesn't lack. He has everything ready. It says in verse 6 now, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him. And what? Seated us with him in where? We are not in that where we came from. We are not there anymore. Now, the Spirit puts us beside him. Paul didn't say you're going to rule over angels. and It's amazing what God has done. That's why I say when, when you see that, it's like, how, how would, would you think something of yourself? Because everything you have received is because of him. It says, seated us, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, look at that, what God wants to show. The same way that the king wanted to, to everybody to see Esther. And you that have beautiful wives, know this. Your wife is beautiful and you are walking in the street. Yeah? Makes you look good. It's like Jenny makes me look good. Because she's beautiful. I mean, you're the one paying the bills, but she's beautiful. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, you're the one working. But she's beautiful. And it says here that Verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show what, what he wants to show. It, can it be measured? It can be measured what God wants to show. This is a hard word in English for me. The what? Immeasurable. Riches. Of what? Of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. He wants to show what he has done for us. He wants to show everything he did for us. His grace. For by grace, yes, yes, I know. I understand. I, I, I didn't deserve an atom. Of what he's done. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. You were selling eggs. You were hungry all the time. You were destitute. You were poor. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works. So that no one may boast. 
Yes, we were, we were. But many Christians confuse what they were with who they are. That's the truth. That's the truth. And how do you know? Because they confess it. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you read, if you read all the letter of Ephesians, with thinking about that, you know what God, what Paul, the Spirit through Paul is trying to say to the church. He's, he's trying to elevate the church. And of course, he's telling them also, in those places, you're going to have a lot of enemies. So you have to be ready also to face them. But even God has provided an armor for you. God, God saw us with all our imperfections, weaknesses, everything. I mean, there's nothing new you can tell God. God, I'm like that. Yes, I knew. God, but sometimes, he, of course, I knew. There's nothing new. That's why even sometimes when we come to the altar to pray, I, I don't know if you have ever felt that, Pastor Lee, but I, I, as a pastor, you preach, you know, and people come to pray. And sometimes even are people crying. And God tells you, I don't, I don't like I don't like her to cry because she's crying because of unbelief. Or feeling bad, you know. And No, 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 that, that was not the, 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 the purpose of, the, of the, the word of the message. Actually, it was the opposite. Because people start to look to themselves. God knows us. And as we behold him, we are transformed. We are being by the spirit. He wants us to be like him. He wants us to think like him. He wants us to know what he has for us. He wants us to know that, 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 that he wants us on his side. He wants us on his side. His spirit is transforming us, making us as his. And I have seen also, have you ever seen a couple, maybe married or close to be married? And again, this is no use. When one of them doubts the love of the other, have you seen that? I have seen that. Probably because of the past. One of, of the two is not sure if really, you know, really this is going to work. If really a sex, uh, that the other person accepts me with everything I have. But that is marriage. You marry with your good things and everything and with the rest your weaknesses and everything but God made it that way because at the end it will work out amen how many here have more than 20 years of marriage you still look happy 
Yes, it will work. And he says that the marriage is what resembles marriage. Our relationship, the relationship with Christ and his church. On Christ's side, he has nothing that he needs to change. It's only on our side. Abiding in his love. In God we have nothing to fear. The devil and the circumstances and, and, and what, what you go through is going to uh, try to make you doubt his love or not to look at him so that fear can come to you. But children of God, we have nothing to fear. He has already proven his love. He has accepted us. He shows, he has chosen you and me. And no matter what happens, abide in his love. You should do what John did writing his epistle. When he says, when he was talking about himself, what did he say? This is the disciple that Jesus loved the most. Something like that says, yeah, in English. And he's writing that. He says, I want to write about me, but you know what I feel? I feel that I am his favorite. Well, you cannot put that in scripture because it's not true because God says that he doesn't have favorites. But that doesn't stop you to feel that way. Abiding in his love. Fear not. Fear not. Can we stand in, in this place, please? And I would invite the musicians. Let's contemplate the Lord. Let's behold him. Let's put our eyes in him. Let him transform us. Never, never see who we were in the past. Never allow the devil to tell us about our weaknesses, to tell us about, because that really doesn't profit. And Jesus knows. Jesus knows. If you have sinned, he has made provision for your sin. Actually, what he says is, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Because he will make you strong. He has made every provision for you. He has done everything. And he wants to share everything with us in his love. Father, Holy Spirit, we don't want just to know this. We want to believe it. So that fear doesn't have a place in our hearts. So that even though we may go through difficult times, difficult things, your love may be what help us to continue. In the midst of the storm, 
Allow us to always put our eyes on you. You are more than we could imagine. You are more than we could dream. You are more than we could understand. Your love is more than everything. Holy Spirit, help us to believe in that love. To abide every day, every hour, every moment. To abide in your love and not look at us. Not look at our past. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.